0: God, we thank you for the assurance that your love is a firm foundation. And we thank you for the truth that when we build our lives on your love, that we cannot be shaken. And so today, Lord, as we approach your word, we pray, would you continue to solidify the foundations of our lives upon your love? Lord, if there are places where we're building in ways that are not on your foundation, we pray that you would expose those. Lord, and we pray that you would transform us through your word. And so, Holy Spirit, would you anoint the preaching of your word today? And would you anoint our ears to hear and let your kingdom come through the preaching of your word? We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, Gold Avenue Church family and friends. This is Pastor Jalisa, um, and I've got to say I'm so excited to share the word with you today. As I've been reflecting on the text for today, my prayer has been that it will be such an encouragement to each one of us, wherever we're at. You may know that we're at the end of our summer sermon series. We've been preaching through Ezra and Nehemiah in a series that we've called Preparing to Build. Through this series, the Lord has given us beautiful lessons on cooperating with him in the building up of his kingdom on earth. Throughout the series, as we've traced the hardships and the victories of the exiles rebuilding the promised land, we've sprinkled in sermons from psalms of deliverance. Through these psalms, we've joined with God's people throughout history in crying out to God for his protection and provision, and we've stood firm in his goodness and faithfulness. And so today, as the world around us continues to shake, and as we continue to be people of the gospel who are called to embody, advance, and proclaim his kingdom, it seemed fitting to close out the series with a final psalm of deliverance. And so today, we're going to be reading from Psalm 46. Hear then the word of the Lord. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The word of the Lord. Now, many of you um, know that I grew up in rural Minnesota, and in the tiny town where I grew up, we were many miles away from exciting things like big box stores and event arenas or chain restaurants. And so because of this, my family was a minivan family. And if your family was a minivan family, I think you know what I mean. So let me tell you, We spent a lot of time in our maroon, wood grain Dodge Caravan. And as the youngest in the family, I spent most of that time in the way, way back bench seat of our minivan, reading and coloring, watching for the alphabet on billboards, and counting cows on the side of the road. Every so often, I remember that when we went through a lot of twists and turns or hills and valleys in the road... I'd slowly start to feel sick to my stomach. I'd get a headache and I'd start to feel nauseous with motion sickness. And when I complained, my mom would always tell me the same thing. She'd say, Jalisa, stop looking down or around. Look forward. Watch the horizon. Because the horizon never moves and it will steady your head and your stomach. And she was always right. No matter how bumpy or twisty the road got, if I kept my eyes on the horizon, I was fine. If I kept my eyes on that which didn't move, that which was unshakable, I was safe. In many senses, our psalm for today echoes my mother's words in that it points God's people to the unchanging horizon the priestly Levite sons of Korah who wrote this psalm begin it with a statement on that which never changes. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble, they write. God doesn't change. His faithfulness doesn't change, and the reality of his presence doesn't change. And it begs the question for us, what caused, what caused the sons of Korah to write this psalm? What might God's people have been dealing with that they needed to be directed? What twists or turns or hills or valleys were stirring up trouble and fear in God's people? It's interesting that because this psalm was written by these Levite priests, we can't authoritatively attach it to one person, one story, or even one time frame. Nothing in this psalm helps us to nail it down to one story or one narrative. But part of the beauty of this particular psalm is that it seems to find relevance within the entire scope of the history of God's people. The psalm was relevant to the people living in the kingdom of Israel under the leadership of King David. It was relevant to God's people when they were hauled off into exile. And it was relevant to those exiles we've been walking with when they returned to the promised land that lay in ruin and they began to rebuild. What ties all these moments in time together is the reality that God's people have always lived in a fallen world that shakes. It shakes under the weight of the curse of sin. Since Adam and Eve, we've all lived in a world that stands in opposition to the kingdom of God. We've all lived in a world that shakes. The psalmist describes some of the shaking when he writes, Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Mountains quaking may refer to physical earthquakes and surging seas may refer to physical storms and hurricanes, but the psalmist is saying much more. We see across scripture that mountains often point to mighty nations, mighty nations that quake and crash into the sea. And seas point to warring nations that rise up and surge and crash over the earth. Though the nations of the earth fall, says the psalmist, even though they collapse into one another with their warring and their quaking and surging, even though the earth itself gives way, Or literally dissolves. We will not fear. The psalmist points to the double meaning here in verse 6. When he says nations are in uproar and kingdoms fall. Because throughout history God's people have lived through natural disaster. But they've also lived through war. They've sustained exile. They've been battered, beat, imprisoned, exiled, persecuted, and scattered. And each time it seems that whether it be a physical storm or whether there are enemies at the gate, the very earth seems to be shaking. It's threatening to dissolve beneath their feet. And even today, as we've discussed many times together in the last several months, in many ways the earth beneath our feet and around us seems to be dissolving. And so our psalm finds relevance with us too. We look down at our own hopes and dreams of going back to what was before COVID, of returning to our offices and sending our kids off to school and sports practices without mask or restriction. We look down at our desire to shake hands and hug and lift up our unmasked voices to the Lord together as a church body again on Sunday mornings. I look down a little deeper at the hurts, the offenses, the unmet expectations and fears and idols of routine and stability that this season has exposed and stirred up in so many of us. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel a little shaken, even a little disoriented or nauseous. Then we look around at the current political landscape the hate swirling from seemingly every side. We look at the nations of the world, the sickness, the persecution, the tension and the pressure, and fear starts to rise. We reach out and we try to grasp for something safe and stable. We try to find some way to steady the ship or maintain control. Have you felt it? The shaking? when you watch the news or scroll through your newsfeed and you think about the future, when you slow down long enough to face those negative emotions swirling in your spirit, it's as if the world is surging and shaking and like the ground is threatening to dissolve, to fall into the heart of the sea. It's notable that in the midst of all this quaking and surging and roaring, our psalmist doesn't start his song there. He doesn't start with his complaint or his fear or his trouble. He starts with that which doesn't change. He starts with the declaration of the truth. God is our refuge and strength, he declares in the midst of the chaos. Our God is an ever-present help in trouble. And already at verse 2, we have that infamous word, therefore, therefore. New Testament writers like to pop this word at the end of verses upon verses of rich theology. At the end of Paul's many dissertations, he often says, therefore, and we're told to pay attention. Therefore signals a response. Because of this, therefore, that. And yet here we have the psalmist popping a therefore after one short sentence a response to a dozen or so words that lay out a very simple truth. Because our God is our refuge and strength, because he is present with us in trouble, therefore, we will not fear. It's that simple. Even when the nations of the earth fall, Even when wars are raged, even when the very earth dissolves into the raging sea, because of our God, we will not fear. But wait a minute. How? The reader might be tempted to ask. And so the psalmist begins to answer these obvious questions in verse 4. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. Now, it seems kind of random, but Old Testament theology tells us that what's being described here is the city of Jerusalem, the seat of the temple of God, whose holy of holies was where the very spirit of God dwelt. Now remember early on in our series on building the people started with rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem because the temple was where relationship between God and his people was restored through sacrifice. The temple was where God's presence, his very spirit dwelt. It was where the word and the truth of God was proclaimed. The psalmist is referring to this city and this holy temple. So the city and the holy place, the temple, makes sense. But what's odd in our psalm here is this river that's said to make the city glad. It's odd because Jerusalem had a few streams, irrigation ditches dug to sustain crops. But Jerusalem doesn't have a river. It never did. It still doesn't have a river. And so what is the psalmist referring to? If we look around in Scripture we see this picture of a river flowing out of the holy city echoed in Ezekiel's prophetic vision of a river flowing out from the temple, found in Ezekiel 47. The prophet Ezekiel was pointing to the Spirit of God flowing out from the temple and into the spirits of God's people on earth, his presence. The Spirit would refresh them and strengthen them and empower them. Ezekiel and the psalmist were pointing to the prophetic hope of the glorious kingdom of God represented by the holy city of God. The city is the kingdom and the river is the tangible, powerful presence of God among his people. God is within her, the psalmist declares. She will not fall. Nations are uproar and kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Listen, the psalmist seems to say, the Lord Almighty, and some translations say the Lord of hosts or the Lord of angel armies is with us. Remember, since our forefather Jacob, the world has continued to shake and the nations have risen up, but every time our God has delivered us, nothing more than his voice at his voice the red sea split in two delivering god's people to freedom on dry land and then the sea itself crashed and surged over the nation of egypt at his voice the mountain called jericho fell at his voice the midianite army turned their swords on themselves giving victory to gideon and god's people At his voice, the Assyrians let the exiled people go, and at his voice, they paid the price for the rebuilding of the nation of Israel. At our God's voice, the very earth melts. Come and see it, the psalmist says. See the desolations that he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and he shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. In many senses, we've seen these words come true. But in some senses, we haven't. We haven't seen war cease to the ends of the earth yet. We haven't seen God exalted universally across all nations yet. And so maybe that's why the psalmist concludes his song with the promise from the words of God himself. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. God's promise given at his voice serves as a comfort to his people, but it also serves as a promise a declaration to the shaking earth and the warring nations. It's a declaration to all who stand opposed to the kingdom of God, whether physical or spiritual. Be still, God says. I am God, and I will be exalted in all the earth. I'm the king of this world, and I will come to rule and reign. This is what's coming, and it's inevitable. So be still. My mom always told me to keep my eyes on that which didn't change when the motion around me started to make me feel sick. But you know what else she would do? Sometimes she'd ask Dad to pull the minivan over she'd get out of the car and offer to switch seats with me. I got to climb up to the front seat of the van and sit next to my papa and see the road ahead. There's something about sitting in the front seat next to my father with the full view of what was coming that would calm my spinning head and my surging stomach. Friends, this psalm from the Lord It's a front-seat, co-pilot view of the truth that never changes and the beautiful hope of what is to come. This is what steadies our minds and our spirits when everything around us is surging and shaking and dissolving beneath our feet. It's His presence. It's the truth of who He is. And it's the glorious hope of what is to come when the news makes us afraid, when we long for what was, when our budget starts to shrink, when normal is impossible, when the future seems uncertain and when nations are in uproar, our God is an ever present help in times of trouble. He is our refuge and our strength, and therefore, we will not fear. Our God sits enthroned over all. Our God is establishing his glorious kingdom to come, and we have the hope of the blessed day when he comes again. He will make war cease to the ends of the earth. He will bring about the new heavens and the new earth, and our God will be exalted among the nations. He will be exalted in the earth. It's what's coming, and it's inevitable. So be still. So friends, today, I believe the Lord would ask us, are we anxious, frustrated, afraid? Overwhelmed or even angry? Where are our eyes? Let's stop looking down at our own distractions, our fears and our discouragements. Let's stop looking around at the chaos of this world and instead, let's look next to us. At our Papa who holds the whole earth in his hands and yet chooses to be present with us. Let us fix our eyes on the horizon of his faithfulness that never changes. And let's look forward to the blessed hope of his glorious return that we're going to learn more about in the sermon series to come. Friend, the God of angel armies is with you. And the God of Jacob, he's our fortress. He will be exalted among the nations. And he will be exalted in all the earth. Let's pray. God, thank you that no matter what happens on this earth, that you and your word and your plans never change. Thank you that you're always good. That you're always faithful. Thank you that you're not distant, or passive, but that you are ever present. You choose to be with us all the time. God, we thank you that the shaking on this earth isn't a surprise to you, and that it never compromises your character or your plans. And we thank you that we get to live with the hope of your plan, that you're coming, and that your kingdom is coming, and that we get to be part of it. And so, Lord, today, wherever we're at, would you stir up our faith? Would you help us to not look down or around, but would you help us to fix our eyes on you? Lord, stir up hope and help us to live in anticipation of your glorious return. And Lord, whatever fear or difficulty or hurt that any of us is dealing with, we pray that you would invite us into your presence. Would you expose those things and bless us with a front seat view of your faithfulness and with a front seat view of the good work that you're doing in and among us, the good work that you promise to finish. Lord, help us to be those who build our lives on the unshakable truth of your kingdom. In Jesus' beautiful name we pray. Amen.